Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're discussing the fourth episode of Star Wars Resistance, titled Fuel for the Fire. So, with that out of the way, I don't think we have any announcements this time, because as you may have heard after our last episode, we're kind of recording these back-to-back. So, I was going to say, I feel like I just talked to you guys on the last episode. Yeah, I just... So long ago. So much has yeah. changed. Uh, but yeah, why, why, William, why don't you tell us about Fuel for the Fire? Sure, wow. I get to do it this time, so Tom. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, this is a season one, episode four. Fuel for the Fire was written by Eugene Sun and directed by Bosco Ng. Uh, and in this episode, Kaz befriends a sky racer named Rucklin, who pressures him to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Yeager's office. So, hyperfuel. Right mm. off the bat, we get a nice tie into Solo. Yeah, hyperfuel. Yeah. I know you love. Uh, yeah. Uh, I could ne- I could have lived having never heard that word again. Okay, so <laughs> that that was the part that surprised me. I love the first of all, I love the connection to to Solo and and hyperfuel and it's cool that they're uh using this a bit more. Um, why do you think they called it Krillian Hyperfuel though, and not Coaxium? Because more accessible someone, name. Like, hey, called it Hyperfuel. We should probably call that again somewhere. But they they repeatedly use that term. They never call it Coaxium in the entire episode. Okay, well, think but about they call it, it Hyperfuel multiple times. Okay, think it. Think about it this way. Okay, and this is this is not a knock on Solo. But if you're looking at the audience they're they're aiming for, how many of these kids actually would have saw Solo to understand that it was Coaxium to make the connection? Sure. I mean, Coaxium is much more of a technical slash, you know, uh, in-universe term versus Hyperfuel right. is fairly fairly easy to parse and, and understand. Mm-hmm. It's Hyper and Fuel. Oh, okay. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah my, my real complaint is actually having just watched Solo again recently. Uh, my impression has always been that hyper, like, hyperfuel is just a part of any fuel substitute you would need, right? Like, I didn't read it as it's something particularly special. Well, it's for the hyperdrive. It's not for, and I'm assuming these ships are not use, don't have a hyperdrive. Well, yeah. And I so mean, it, by it putting a drop hurt. into the then, normal fuel line, you're basically okay. causing explosion. But okay, so on the other side of things, then, like, what? You know, you can't just like dump fuel from one thing into another and expect it. That's like, oh yeah, no. Okay, but yes, as Jason. But they kind of, kind of. You know, when I like, look, when I really want my car to go faster, I dump some like jet fuel into it, and it just, you know, it really helps it go. Wait a minute, I thought you put a JTO on your car and then hit the button and. Yeah. See, there you go. Okay, but you see, I I also thought the one thing they did allude to, it had to be mixed. If you were to use it mixed correctly, because if not. Basically, the ship that's flying it goes boom, which actually, spoiler alert, happens. Yes. yes. And I know we jumped so far ahead. And I think that that just proves, though, that that 
um the the that Jason everyone are are they're not they're 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 amateurs they're kids they're right. not thinking smart um yeah and, <laughs> and that's that's the thing right now about this episode when it came to to let's say Rucklin and his crew that understand it seemed like it was a let's say a a hey there's a new kid that came into school let's go have fun with him type recess thing in which it's let's see what we can do to get him in trouble and make it look good for us or have him do something for us and let him get in trouble and not us i think it's even more than that i think they were how it felt they were the whole the whole time they're basically just using kaz and his Mm -hmm. um you know, Kaz is somewhat naive, and they're they're using yep. Kaz to get what they want, mm-hmm. um, which is the hyperfuel, so they can they can win the race. They don't actually care about Kaz no. at all. No, at all. and then and they were using him basically to get into Jaeger's you know private room. And okay, so here's the other thing about this. Okay, they alluded that Jaeger had his own ship. Has any point? in this episode so far, other than when we get to his actual room, did they say Jaeger actually flew one of these racers? I don't think they ever said he flew a racer, but they do. No, I do like they did mm-hmm. say that. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, no, he does. He well, does. no, that's, that's what these kids alluded to. Oh no, no, I don't yeah. think they're lying. I think that we see all the trophies in right. Jaeger's saw the office. Trophies. Yeah. Um, so this is, this episode actually worked. I thought really well as a kind of backstory for Jaeger. Mm-hmm. That is like, true. We got. We now know he fought at the Battle of Jakku. Was definitely a member of the rebellion. Had a family of some kind, or at least uh, a wife and child. Um, great racer, and is now here. Yeah, but I'm it very sounded like he was a great racer. It sounded like he was a great racer on that platform, though. I don't know. Yeah, don't, yeah, I that know. I don't know. But I, I'm okay. very curious now to learn even more about Yeager. Like, what happened to him? Why? Why did he leave the rebellion to just retire? What 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 brings him to the Colossus? What happened to his family? I hope they address a lot of this in the in in the show because I think Yeager is actually increasingly he's becoming one of my favorite characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, totally. I think he has the right level of you know he's he he wants to help. He's got a good you know good heart. Um, but he's um, uh, he's also cautious and he's right. very level-headed and practical. Um, the one thing I find interesting is what would have burned him so much that he doesn't want to be involved in the resistance, given that he was in the well, rebellion. Okay, well, wait a minute. Maybe he just doesn't do believe you think the it's, threat. Do you think it's something that burned him, or do you think he just got burned out and wanted to move on? I I definitely read it. It is something burned him. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it has to do with his family, which is a little on the cliche side, but yes, but we'll see. You okay, know, we don't. We'll see. We yeah, we don't know. Um, you know, I get the as they as they were talking about in the first in the premiere. Um, he doesn't believe the threat of the first order, so maybe that's part of it. He just mm-hmm. retired from the rebellion because you know peaceful time of the galaxy and. You know, you guys are still trying to fight. I don't get it. I don't want to have part of it because there's no threat. Maybe that's it. Yeah, um, probably is. But I do like I do like Yeager quite a bit. But um, understandably, uh, because Kaz cannot 
really do his job. Um, once again, we see him failing to fix a, an engine, especially after he was um, so excited that he had fixed it for the first time. Right. Um, oh, Eager basically Kaz. tells Kaz, sorry, you cannot go play and watch the races. You can't go outside and play until you fix your engine. Um, that, that In a roundabout way, that's exactly how it sounded. <laughs> I, You know, it's... Part of me does wonder, like, what is what is what is what are Kaz's hours like? Most jobs, clearly, he takes a two-hour lunch. Sle- yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Obviously, the six-hour lunch is you know a core part of his hours, but uh, I'm like, I don't know. Part of me is kind of on Kaz's side if he literally is working, you know, dawn till dusk type mm-hmm. of thing. And they do they do hint that there is no time off. Yeah. Um, it, it here, I think uh, at one point Kaz is shocked that you know they get uh, this new group has days off. Um, well, well, you know the thing to yeah, keep in mind. Well. So obviously Kaz was a pilot in the New Republic, and so what this of course means is as a pilot he was part of the New Republic uh, pilots union, and they're you know <laughs> mandated to have a thirty minute break for every two hours of flying. Wow. Uh, you know, no sh- like you know. No rain, no shine, whatever it is. So clearly, uh, this station is not up to the same standards. You know, I don't know what else. What else it could be? Uh, Unbelievable. That's too funny. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but uh, so you know, rightly so. He, the Jaeger tells him to stay behind. Um, however, <laughs> and I have to as somewhat funny as it, as it was. I also kind of rolled my eyes because. Kaz is so distracted by the ships because sure enough, you know, at, at BB 8s suggestion, he decides to take the engine outside so he can work on it while he watches the race and he can do both, get the best of both worlds. He can have his cake and eat it too. And, um, Such a, yeah. Yeah. The, the engine rolls right off the side of the platform. I don't even know how it rolled off the side of the platform, but it did. I think, I, I think it's the, he forgot to lock the grav, uh, anti grav. Yeah. That was, my, that was my interpretation of yeah. it. Oh boy! But and he does it again at the very right end of the episode. This time, Yeager tells him he can go. Yeager puts all the parts outside. He but starts looking up into the sky and right off the side of the platform. <laughs> and that was on an anti-grab sled. They were both. They were both on sleds. Look, yeah. Kaz is very like Kaz is many things. I take that. Kaz is one thing. He's a good person and he's a okay pilot. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is about all he has going for him right now. Okay. That's very true. No, that's very true. I was I was gonna say something, but kind I heart, it about good Jaeger, person. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just impressed they're able to recover the engine at all, given that it fell right into the ocean. Well, it's funny because if you look at it, it fell right in the ocean, but where it was brought up, it was a little bit deeper into the actual station itself. Yeah. It wasn't like right over the edge. You know, and then after th- th- here's here's the thing I found very funny. Right after that, he goes to the bar. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting at the bar basically trying to drown his sorrows in a drink. There actually was a very funny line that I enjoyed when he was talking to, and I'm again, I'll get the names of these characters, but he's talking to the bartender. And he sits there and he goes, have you ever done something you ever regret? And I love her answer, meeting you. Ouch. Yeah. Burn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't that direct, but basically it was, yeah, meeting you. I loved that line. It was good. It was yeah, very it was it really was fantastic. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And and um slightly less 
fantastic was the creepy old Arcona who's sitting there at the bar. Oh yeah. And Kaz is like, maybe I, you know, he's wondering to himself uh, to, to Aunt Z, maybe I should, uh, you know, not live with Yeager because if he doesn't live with Yeager, he doesn't have to be a mechanic. And of course he's still going to need a cover story. So he's not fully thought this through this through, but, um, you know, it's the old Arcona yeah, is like, this is you Kaz can live about. with yeah. me. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, that's, not creepy. Yeah. You can you can live with me. And then oh. later on, he passes the Arcona again, much later, and the Arcona's like, "Yoo-hoo, have you thought about my offer?" It's like, oh, oh boy, yeah. no, nope. no, I saw oh, that. One. Nope, that was far creepy. away. Someone needs a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's like within this bar, that's where he ends up meeting uh, Rucklin and his crew, mm-hmm. or you know, they took advantage of. Kaz being in the position that he's in and figured, hey, let's use him to get into Yeager's place to get the uh, hyperfuel. Yeah, and they actually have um, they've been uh, promoting Jace Rucklin quite a bit. Uh, played by Elijah Wood, and so in a lot of the preview material, they're just, they've been hyping up uh, his introduction. But oh, that is cool. Um, I did not know that was Elijah Wood. Yeah, but I did not. Yeah, I didn't notice. Um, I thought he did a good job but mm-hmm. it didn't oh, yeah. stand out one way or another. Um, I've noticed every episode that they've kind of had the, uh, the guest the, star, the, the guest star. They've really been trying to, to promote, uh, which I didn't do as often in, in rebels and, and, and clone wars. Um, yeah, but this one, it was, you know, obviously, um, uh, Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie. And then this time Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he, he's the, you know, he's the wannabe racer with the cool team. And this is your, your typical cool kid in school who, you know, everyone else looks up to, he's like, Oh, I want to be that cool guy. I want to be friends with him. And, uh, obviously he's just using everyone else for his, his yeah. own benefit. And I think kind of help because you've got Kaz, like, since he's feeling down and out, He's finally got something he can grab onto, and it's like, wait a minute, you're going to be a racer? Oh, that is so cool. And he just takes to that group immediately because on top of that, it's like they can take Look, breaks whenever yeah. they want. I know. That's so big. You don't understand, yeah. Tom. Well. They understand the union. Yeah, they do. Here we go again. Staying nice. out of that one. That's all I got. That's all I got. No, you're good. Why not? You're so good. that, you know, Jace uh, very clearly before, uh, fake befriends Kaz, uh, very very clearly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little too obvious. I think it's okay. Yeah, no, Ka- spread on know just a little too thick there. Kaz isn't always the brightest, uh, brightest of the bunch. Bulb in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I know. Yeah, and it's funny how at that point when they like spread it on that thick, then they sit there and they go, you know what? Jaeger is a former racer and an awesome ship. And then Kaz is like, well, wait a minute. I never knew that. Because really, he originally thought Jaeger's original ship was the Fireball. But then they're like, no, it's his other ship in the other hangar. Hey, let's go see it. You know, it's like, hey, come on. Let, let's, let's, Kaz, we're going to try and get you in trouble here, but you're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and you know, Jason and his compatriots, uh, Lynn Gava and uh, the Celested Gork Wiles, um, they which uh, that was a cool design, the, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. they're they very cool. I, I enjoyed that. Um, they uh, they decide to go quote unquote hang out and uh, they they 
start by spending some time in a ventilation shaft, which it wouldn't be a Star Wars animated series without a ventilation shaft. Wait a minute. Was it really a ventilation shaft? Because normally ventilation shafts are above you. This was below you? It's true. But I, I get I get That's the same thing. Vents. I mean, I, oh. I'm going, here we go again. True, true. Uh, and they, they immediately hop on the speeder bike and start racing toward across the ocean toward this the sky ring. And that's when Kaz's speeder starts to break down. And Jace just magically happens to be there to rescue Kaz right before his bike crashes into the water. Well, let's um, not forget, the ship magically decided to start breaking down once Kaz hit a specific button. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not... Uh, not not suspicious at all. Yeah. Um, no. And yeah, I had a no, feeling no. right away, and then of course, you know, a little bit later in the episode, they they flat out confirmed that they have Kaz right where they want him. Uh, totally. Uh, yeah. Also, not subtle. No, no. Uh, I did, however, at the end of that scene, I, I actually really liked the uh, how they had the the radial transition. You know, uh, as we often see in Star Wars, except instead of going to the center, they actually focused it on the center of the ring. Um, um, uh, you know, the, the, oh, they fly I may have to watch it again. Yeah, it was just that. a small little touch. I that was cool. I liked, I liked how they That's did that. That's a nice that. touch. Yeah. Just uh, so it closes right on the right on the ring. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he gets he gets in trouble. As he should for being gone so long, um, but sure enough, after a little while, he distracts Niku and leaves once again. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, hey, Niku, can you go get me that tool over there? And it's like, well, is it this tool? Is it this tool? Is it this tool? Hey, maybe it's this tool. It's like, honestly, I think they were on that scene just a little too long. Yeah, it was a little. Uh... Again, it's one of those things with Niku. Like, the little thing is funny sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But there are times when it's like a little just, bit over the top. It's a little bit over the top. I do. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I like Niku, but it can he can be. I like his his boundless optimism. Um, mm-hmm. But it can be a little bit much at times. But yeah. again, that's as we we're saying, kind of the style of the show where they. Um, they they tend to go a little bit more extreme, and that's that's totally fine. That's the that's the style. That's the the age they're going for, and it is it is funny at times. And I could see especially how a younger audience would really appre- would really you know enjoy the scenes where they're like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? Is yeah. it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? You know, I could see younger kids giggling at that. Yeah, and, and I, I think when time. it comes to the character that they're going to grab onto, it's going to be Nico. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Um, but then we get the, you know, the Kaz, Kaz is uh, eventually, eventually agrees to help them sneak into Yeager's office. And uh, they they basically have to avoid Bucket. Um, and that's when they steal the, the Corellian hyperfuel. Why do you think Yeager has hyperfuel to begin with? Maybe that's a plot point we'll find out later if it ever gets back to his apartment. Because well, but, uh, isn't the fuel gone? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it looked like uh, Rika put it the whole thing in there, and he was even warned not to do it because one of the like again, totally bad on the names. He was even warned not to put it all in there. He's like, well, wait a minute, I got to win this race. I'm putting it all in there. 
Yeah, and it just shows that again, you know, the going back to how Kaz is a good person, you know, Jace and the, everyone else, they 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 tricked him, they used him to steal this hyperfuel, the coaxium. Um and when when Kaz realizes this, because you know, Bucket notices that the well, I, I would say first that Kaz real Kaz starts to feel bad while they're breaking into uh, into Yeager's office and, you know, kind of makes up a whole thing about giving up. Oh, I guess the door is locked because we have to go back. Can't see the ship. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when he finds out that the hyperfuel has been stolen and, and, and just how dangerous it is, he, he does his best to try to warn Jace. Mm-hmm. He rushes back there to try to help him and say, Hey, don't use this. You're going to die. Uh, because he's a good person. Right. Um, now this is the second time or the third time that you see him basically get flattened onto a uh, windscreen. Because you saw him in the last episode on the pirate. He did the same thing in this one where he ends up on the windscreen again to try and save... Um, I got the name wrong, didn't I? Um, Jace. Jace, thank you. To I save thought it was Jace. a little more believable this time, though. Like oh. It wasn't like he got knocked into the air and landed on the ship. It was He literally just dropped down on top of it. Okay, that's true. But it was also one of those things where it was like, let's say, comedy of errors. To where it just so happened that he got the ship to shoot out of its launch bay. Then it just so happened his foot hit the ejector to get them out of the ship. What I found All fascinating that. was... Yeah, what? sorry, go ahead. Okay, but then again, what I found very fascinating was once they're in the ejector, sheet, ejector seat, you've got Cass and they're saying, where's the parachute? And then Jace going, it was too heavy, we decided to take it out. Well, that's, you know, I was talking about this last episode, you know, you got to get those ships, the late, the, wow, I can't talk. You've got to get the weight down so they can go faster. You know, it's but you know, necessary it, cuts. What are you going to do? But, but Again, yeah, I think I, it just shows Jace's, how, how cocky Jace is. He believes he is such a good pilot and he can do no wrong that he can take out mm-hmm. all the safety features of his ship and be totally fine. Right. Um, well, even at the end of the, even when Kaz saves him at the end of this episode, Jay still is like, you made me lose, in so many words, you made me lose the race, man. Yeah. And even Kaz, Kaz says to his face, I saved your life. Right. No, he doesn't care. He's Jason yeah. self-centered and cocky and a know-it-all, and he thinks he's perfect. Um, and it kind of serves him right. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's lucky that Kaz was there and such a good person that he would not only run to try to stop him, but literally jump on top of his ship uh, mm-hmm. in an effort to save his life, you know? And um, uh, because this, this, you know, this, his ship has been filled with this hyperfuel. It's basically a bomb waiting to, to, to explode. And, um, and, you know, eventually he does hit the ejector seat, but you know, it's, he, he he's just, basically fighting to save Jace's life and Jace doesn't right. care. But you have to say yeah. one thing. They were very lucky that BB-8 was there to save them because if it wasn't for BB-8, again, using that thing shooting out of him for to magnetically capture them and then hopefully, you know, yeah. save them. But luckily Jaeger came in because it was BB-8. It was almost going to go over the side of that platform. Jaeger came in and actually pulled them up and over the edge. Yeah. I mean, you've also got a, a ball trying to hold well, yeah. a bunch of weight <laughs> yeah. on top of a platform doesn't i don't know how i don't care how good your servo motors are 
Uh, that's that's hard. <laughs> You've got a rolling object trying to hold something uh, steady up on up on top. Um, one thing I actually did like uh, a little small touch while Kaz was running to rescue Jace. At one point, he runs down a hallway and comes like face to face with this worker. I'm not sure what he was doing. Was he vacuuming or buffing the floors or something. Uh, but basically, you know, the the entire hallway is blocked off, and he just like stops like what do i do it's a nice comedic moment mm-hmm. um in, in the show before yeah. he eventually finds a, a a different path um that's where he ended up going down the grate with jaeger behind him saying you know i'll be right back right exactly yeah that's it okay because he did find the different way to get there okay all right so we also get our first look i believe this is our first look at captain doza uh, as he looks out the window of Doza Tower down on uh, yeah. Kaz and Yeager afterward. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. and kind of not almost ominous or, or like a hint, a foreshadowing almost of something. Almost ominous? I don't know. Well, it wasn't it, like ominous in a creepy way, but it was ominous like, oh, Captain Doza's watching. Um, but thoughts? I liked it. Be- I liked it because it was meant, it was meant and used as a point for Jaeger to sit there and tell Kaz that you're supposed to be under the radar and not drawing attention to yourself. And you're not doing a good job doing that because you are now starting to call attention to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful. Yeah. And that's when he gives him that, that, that talk, you know, you're, you're a terrible mechanic and a spy, but you're a good person. And right. You need to improve your mechanic and spy skills, but at least you have heart. Yeah. Although Kaz has almost too much heart at times. And I think that's his biggest flaw yes. right now. He almost like Niku wants to, um, not, not, he doesn't see the best in everyone like the Hallian in the last episode. He, he immediately just, you know, didn't trust, but, um, yeah, he's not quite as blindly optimistic as, as Niku, but it, I feel like the moral of this, this story was, don't always trust, you know, the, the people who might seem like cool friends. Mm-hmm. This, Take this a is a very, look. sorry, go ahead, William. Oh, you finished. Sorry. No, no, please, please. Uh, okay. This felt like a very classic, like after school children's special episode of a TV yep. series. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, kids, peer pressure is a thing. You know, you got to be really careful. Not just because someone seems to know what they're doing. Doesn't mean that they do. Don't do drugs. Yeah, or hyperfuel. Yeah, and it was it was just a very straight. Friends don't let friends do hyperfuel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, and that that's basically the story. Like you know, you might think that you might think that these guys are all cool and nice and they want to be your friends, but make sure they are who they say they are and they have the right intentions because they're not always what they appear to be. Yeah, I also appreciate that this. As big of a cast as the show has, this is the this is the first episode where they kind of started to narrow it a bit. If you look at the credits, it's actually very short. Um, the they they've got the the main you know team Fireball, um, and then they have uh, they have the Jace and his his two friends. But um, for the most part, and then the, I think Aunt Z and then the the creepy guy in the bar who. I think his name might be Garma based on the credits, but it's hard, it's hard to mm-hmm. tell. Um, 
that's it. That's the entire cast. Um, so not tiny, but much smaller than some of the previous episodes. So I'm very curious to see how they what they do going forward, whether whether it's a more of a a larger cast all the time, or um, they kind of go back and forth. I thought it worked just very well for the story. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be dictated on the story they're going to tell, and and how many people are going to be in the cast naturally. So yeah. it's Captain Obvious. Sorry, yeah. but I liked how it was, it was a bit smaller. Yeah, you don't always need yeah. to have the aces or um, the other folks. And or you know office of acquisitions as much as I like those guys, yeah, I do miss them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Stephen, what are uh, what are your what man you going to me first again? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Why not? Uh, no, you know what? It's okay. I can I can do this. I can handle okay. it. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna have to give it. I think a six out of ten. Uh, Womp rats for this one. Um. It was a little too after school special, I think, for my for my tastes. Um, not a not a terrible episode by any means, but definitely uh, didn't. I guess it kind of a bit of a miss for, uh, in terms of my personal feelings. Um, but yeah, I let's see. So six out of ten Womp Rats, and uh, you know what, guys? I've got. Do you, do you want to know what happens uh, when you give Womp Rats hyperfuel? Yes. Oh God! Uh, you know, I I do too, and we've got six womp rats that we are going to use to find out. <laughs> I don't know. So oh, the question is, out? how do you feed the uh, womp rats hyperfuels? It's just like give them like pills. Just like just wa- put it in their water. You, you put it in their water. Put it in the water. Yeah. Put it in the water. Pretty simple. Yeah. Okay. They have to drink it. Fair enough. Yeah. Hyper water. Wow. Wow. Um. Uh, I'll go next then. Let Tom go. Go ahead. You can go last. Uh, So I'm going to give this a six and a half uh, Womp Rats. Um, Again, I I liked how they added more, you know, a little more information. You know, gave us a behind the scenes in in Jaeger, which I really liked. Uh, Got to know Jaeger a lot more. Um, Got to see a bit more about Kaz and how he's still not a good mechanic, but he's a good person and we got to see more of his Mm -hmm. heart. Um, interestingly, no first order subplot this time, uh, at all. Um, so my hope is that that's just because they're saving it for the next episode, but, uh, it was a little disappointing not to have any of the first order teases. Uh, so that doesn't really bother me. No, I think that's my favorite favorite part. Um, and, uh, they had a race, but you know, very, very brief again. So love to see more racing at some point too but overall fun episode um and uh yeah six and a half womp rats and ooh, my six and a half womp rats um uh in order to distract bucket in in um eager's office the kaz let loose six and a half womp rats to kind of run around bucket and make sure his eyes were or photoreceptors were not on um Everyone's sneaking around. That's why Bucket was going crazy in the background because he was pacing back and forth in one scene. Yeah, that was all because of those six and a half Womp Rats. Huh? Funny. Good one. And just like that, it all almost starts to make sense. Yeah. That's what we call it. Well, then I guess, I, I guess I'm going to go last on this one. And William, I'm going to agree with you. And just like I did with the last episode, I'm giving this a 6.5 Womp Rat scale. Um, I liked it. I I. I agree with you, Stephen. This felt so like an after-school special thing. 
you would see on the recess grounds happening. I, again, I, I, I have nothing really else to say about it. it it's 6.5. I'm taking my 6.5 Womp Rats. And you know when Cass was running down the hallway and the guy had that thing to where it looked like he was buffing the, the uh, floor? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that's buffing the floor was actually really 6.5 Womp Rats underneath that thing. <laughs> To make that floor just shine. So I'm guessing the six are doing the work and like that half is the shine. Um, if you want to put it that way, you never thought of it, but yes. <laughs> or he's the guy in the, he's the half in the middle holding the other six to go around in a circle. Okay. Yeah. Fun times. Well, I had a better one, but I totally forgot it. And then I came up with that one. That's okay. It's yeah. Okay. I think we're it good. It happens. That happens. Yep. Sometimes happens the Womp the best Rats just, just you know. steal steal those thoughts yeah let's just move on so uh tom you want to since uh since you went last you want to tell us uh, what we'll be watching next week sure and now this is the uh, first time we have an episode because they released the first three episodes right away yeah um or four i guess depending on how you count it the two-parter in the, in the second the third and fourth episodes um so now we have to wait a week for the next episode so what are we gonna watch next week well, what we're going to be watching next week and reviewing at the same time will be season one, episode five, The Hightower. This is where the First Order arrives at the platform for mysterious reasons, and Kaz, with BB-8, are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. So we will be seeing the First Order. Probably, do you imagine we're going to see the First Order throughout the whole episode? Do you think it's going to be a little sneak in, sneak out type thing? I hope it's right at the beginning and then we get the uh, a real First Order presence. I think it mm-hmm. could be really cool. And I think Kaz finally gets to fulfill his dream of spying on the First Order. Or at least he'll get some good leads. Yeah, he'll get something. Hopeful. I, guys, this is Kaz we're talking about. There is a good chance. He will do nothing. He'll completely miss. Even with the First Order <laughs> being right there in front of him, that he'll miss it. Yeah. He'll be like, wait, the First Order was on the station? I well, we'll it. have to tune in and find out. Yes, we will. Exactly. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. I um, hope you enjoyed our review, and we'll be back next week with our review of The High Tower. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.